Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen in Lima's emerging podcast scene. Here we go. Podcast time right here in the Halley building. We are downtown Cleveland, Ohio. Anthony Lima and the birthday boy. <laughs> Ken. Birthday boy, Carmen. Woo! I can't talk right now. You say it's your birthday. You say it's your birthday. Doesn't have a microphone. Can't really talk. On the podcast. Unless we swivel the mic and I send it over to the birthday boy. Oh, hello. Now you can't. <laughs> this is terrible. That's what happens when you rob Peter to pay Paul. Oh, my. Oh like in our studio. So now we have to go get the other. He's going to have to run over and get the other mic. He'll do it. It'll just take a minute. Uh, I have a conversation ongoing, a text message with somebody in the know. Okay. And I asked flat out, why isn't Nick Chubb holding out this year with no guaranteed money in 2024? Okay, what did he say? No running back has any leverage. If he has another great season, someone will pay him just like Henry and McCaffrey. Uh, I then said, yes, but if he gets injured this year, I use specific injuries in my text. I will not do that because then I'll be accused of jinxing the player with this certain injury. I said, why not sit out and force the Browns' hands? They would be, and I used profanity, meaning that if all of a sudden Nick Chubb was holding out, this team doesn't have a lot of goodwill right now, currently, Kenny, and I think the Browns would be screwed with fan sentiment. We know, like any team... So what are you going to say on the air tomorrow that he should hold out? 
I'm asking why wouldn't he hold out? I'm not advocating that. If I were his agent, I probably would advocate that. He says they don't care as much as you think they do. No team is blanked because of a running back ever. Quarterback is the only thing that matters. Anyone with a pulse can run for 1,000 yards behind a good O-line. I said, well, I have a pulse. I can't run, run for 1,000 yards. Who's your boy? I cannot tell, tell you who that tell is. Tell him he's full of crap. I cannot tell you who that is. Oh, my God. Of course that's who that is. So Why do you ask him? Uh, because he, he talks to some is, people. Is Lima's mic working? Lima's mic is not working. Is because it because it's I not talk, on? I know that he talks to. Oh, it's to, not plugged in. I know that he talks to some people in the NFL. There you go. So I, I believe that he has some good sources on this. And in general, I agree. There is a rising sentiment. We had Andrew Brand on today. There is this rising sentiment that running backs are screwed. They don't have any value. But there are the outliers. Nick Chubb, especially with his good standing in Cleveland, is there a more popular player than Nick Chubb in Cleveland? Maybe Miles Garrett. Maybe. But it's it's neck and neck. Right? Would you agree? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. Given all that I just so told you. So are you going to say this on the air tomorrow? I will. I'll tell you. What I am, I'm going, I don't, look, Kenny, the days of Anthony Lima going on the air and saying, why is it Nick Chubb holding out? Do it. I'm trying to. If you feel that passionate about it, then do it. This is why I'm bringing it up to you because. Have some stones and do it. I am fascinated by how this stuff works in the NFL and I get it. More and more, the holdout is kind of going away. I know there were a couple of players, maybe Owen will remember. There are a couple players who about a month ago said they would they would plan on holding out, and then I think they already got their contracts done or whatever. I can't yeah, remember I who think it was. You're right, but they're not. Uh, this, Saquon Barkley is, was, did not go to mandatory minicamp. Okay. okay, and I don't know. Do you want to call that a holdout or not? I guess it's not really a holdout until you're sitting out. Be <clears throat> really until you get to week one and you're sitting out. Yeah. I mean, that's a holdout. That's like, oh my god, he's really not going to play. Le'Veon Bell, famous. Famous holdout. Mm-hmm. Did it work for him? Did it work out for him? Not really. No, he said he actually admitted it didn't work out for him. It didn't work out, right. That's what he said. But do you think if Nick Chubb told the Browns, hey, I've done everything you guys have asked me to do. I've been in good standing with the organization. I don't have any guaranteed money next year. What is my protection if I get injured? So can we work on an extension that's reasonable? I'm not asking to be paid the highest. I'm not trying to be the highest paid running back in the history of football, but I am looking to be compensated. I think you guys feel like you're in the Nick Chubb I'd business. I'd like to be compensated and, fairly. And that the Nick Chubb business has been good for everybody involved. It's been good for the Browns. It's been good for Nick it's Chubb. It's been good for the Goose and good for the Gander. And the fans love Nick Chubb. Are there more Nick Chubb jerseys than any jersey I love Nick in Chubb. that stadium? You love Nick Chubb. The Miles American Garrett. people love Nick Chubb. It was the only actual Browns jersey that was <laughs> the at Mitch the Minner football. Camp. Yeah, it was, the at the, it was the only one. At Jerome T. Osborne Stadium. So, I want to know. Is that what it's called over at I believe it is. Wow. So, and Lake Catholic plays their football games there, their home games there. I didn't know that. So, does it make sense? And what I say, at Browns fans, get past the fact that you think I'm trying to, I'm trying to blow up the Browns. No, I'm, I'm trying to ask questions about what, judging by what I've seen in the NFL over time, this is when it makes sense to do that. This is absolutely when it makes sense. You want a new contract. Does Nick Chubb not want a new contract? Yes. Yes. I'm going to guess yes. Would he like to keep playing for the Cleveland Browns? I'm yes. Guess yes. And what happens if he gets injured this year? I'm guess he doesn't he's not do either. Get either one of them. That's the end of the, the, the career for the Browns. That is the end unless, you know, hey, we signed him for backup money. Or 
That's 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 it for for but his I don't career. Even know that the organization can do that. They have to let him float out there for a year, right, and then sign him for backup money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. So why would Nick Chubb even risk injury training camp? I'd be are done. You, are you going to bring this up on the air tomorrow? Yeah, I just brought it up now. Why okay. wouldn't I bring it up well, tomorrow? Because well, it's different on the podcast than but it I'm, is. I'm gonna. You feel safe here. I'm gonna, this is your safe space. I'm going to frame it. The things it, we talked about on this, on this podcast. I'm going to frame it the exact same way I just framed it now. Okay. Would the Browns be taken aback by that? No. Would they dig in like they always do? We do not negotiate with, <laughs> with running backs. Yeah, with running backs. That's what I meant. But um, I, I mean, hey, last year, last year, Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson asked for trades in the yeah. offseason, and they dug in. Now they could dig in on those guys. I mean, what were they going to get either way for any of them? Dearness Johnson, they're going to get nothing. I think it's very flippant to say anybody could run for a thousand yards behind this line. I don't, Not and my, I love this line, and I don't think that's I true. I am of the mindset that running back, for the most part, does not matter. It has mattered for the Browns. I mean, Nick Chubb yes. has been a transcendent running back for the Browns. Well, Double now, maybe A has texted say, the group, so let it be written, so let it be done. Now, maybe you could argue that, well, has it worked for the Browns? They don't win, and maybe they... But it's not because of Nick Chubb. At no point has Nick Chubb been the reason that they have not won games. In one game, he fumbled the ball twice against the Patriots. That's it. He's cost us one game. I mean, Nick yeah. Chubb has been outstanding. Uh, did he cost you that game? I don't think he cost you that game. I mean, he was a, uh, he was a contributing factor. I don't know. The momentum certainly shifted after that. That was the same one. Is that the same one that Baker did the forward pitch, or was that a different yeah. time against and the then, Patriots? When they and then there were people around Odell who were begging who begging the Patriots to to trade for him at at that game at the game mm-hmm. at the game. They were there at the game, and he was begging. Them. Did they do it? No. Oh, okay. They did not. So yeah, that's cool. And thank you for your kind birthday wishes. We're excited. We're excited about your birthday. Now yeah, I know I'm not. Kenny, we you and Liz have your rules about the big nights. You don't adhere to a lot of the customs of our society. You don't you don't do a lot of gift giving no. when you don't think it's necessary. You don't want to water it down. No. I think a lot of people are like, hey, I got him a fifty dollar gift card on his birthday. Hey, look, I got a fifty dollar gift card on my birthday. It's like, mm-hmm. well then what was the point of all of that? Right. Yeah. So I think in theory your practice actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um but it's also, you know, you you've gotten Liz nice things. Yeah, you, but not you for her, her birthday. The, you got her those three boys. What more could she want? You got her that house. What more could she want? Come on. I got her upgrade uh, upgrade on her rings. <laughs> you did the upgrade. Yeah. At what year? Where'd you go? Peter and Company Jewelers at oh. Avon Lake, PeterJewelers.com. At what year did you do it? Uh that was a couple years. That was like the ninth anniversary. Oh, you did the upgrade. The vaunted ninth anniversary. Wow. You did them in nine. We've had a couple of upgrades. Whoa. Yeah. So she had that was like her second or third upgrade. I mean, I don't What'd really you ask buy her for much. Tic Tac with one of those bread ties. <laughs> well, you yeah. asked, What'd you, you start me? out with? Uh, you asked me, <laughs> I bailed out during the segment because you asked me, you're like, what are you going to do tonight? And I wanted to, and I knew she was, might be listening because I think she was tipped off that Pony was going to call <laughs> and I wanted to make a joke so bad. And I was like, nope. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm hoping she's willing to do one thing tonight. And that's it. So that's about it. That's, that's and all his, I asked. And historically, she's, uh, she's historically been she's been okay with it. Oblige. Yeah, <laughs> she's been much obliged. Yeah, so great. 
grand. Somebody tweeted us and said, guys, after 21, birthdays don't matter anymore. My 40th mattered to me. Because we had a big party for you. Yeah, but I, I, I wanted to. I wanted to have a party. Mine. Not for my. It wasn't about a party to celebrate me. I didn't care about that. It was, hey, I'm, I'm losing these opportunities to get this many people in one place at one time. And I know people will say you can do that anytime. You can always throw a party. Yeah, you can't. My 40th. You absolutely. really can't. Unless you're rich. It, we did nothing. <laughs> we did absolutely nothing. My 41st, we did absolutely nothing. In fact, I got... A shirt that I will wear one time a year because it's a very, we do the putt-putt for Father's Day, right? It's a very pun-specific, putt-putt-specific, won't wear it on a Tuesday. It's only on Father's Day. And I'm kind of cool with that because if I want something, we should just be able to go do that. You should do it anytime you want to do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, your 40th. Your 40th. Did did you not like to think about getting your 40s? No, it's not that. I just. It's kind of bad for me. I'm it was pretty sure I coached the game that day. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the birthdays. I'm not. Uh, don't get me wrong. This isn't like every every woman downtown I used to try to hang out with, where it was like it's my birthday right. month. Okay, guys, it's never my 19th get that birthday. You don't even there. get a week, yeah. but it is nice to get a night. It's nice to have a night. But you're right. I've worked so many of my birthdays. I have had to do TV, radio, whatever on so many of my birthdays. That got dating back to Syracuse. My 30th birthday was in Syracuse, and we did. I had TV that night, and like six of us went out. That was it. Boy, that was depressing. That's when I really started to think it's time to look some other opportunities. On your 30th? Yeah. Six of you guys went out? Like six. It's like time to. That's a low number for you? Time to move out. Well, I remember I'm in Syracuse. You're 30. When you're 30, you still talk to way more people hypothetically, than when you do every 10 years later. You know, every year later, it's about family. Yeah. Now, I was single, so I didn't know family was ever going to come into play. Yeah, I think your timeline's skewed a little bit. Okay. You've been... Eh, I don't want to. I don't know if you want to bring that up. Sure. I up. worry about you sometimes. I know. Everybody worries about me. But why you Do you like that? Do you like to have that? your little pity parties and, and people worry I about really you? I really try not to. I really... I really... I, I, that is something me and my wife... I. I have tried to talk to her about. Like, I know everybody wants to... There are times when you're vulnerable, and there are times when, boy, it seems like life is throwing way too much at you. And my big stance, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's me just trying to be a tough guy on the outside, I'm like, hey, we can get through this. Let's not uh, let's not get bogged down. Well, but, People are having worse days than we are. But it's... Yeah, but they're not... I mean, they're not good days because of the baby and all that stuff, but yeah. at the same time, they're not the worst days. Yeah. And like when you're like, oh, we don't travel and we don't do this. Like, well, I don't understand. I don't, I don't really travel either. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of that. I know that you used to do a lot, but it's like, well, you yeah. know, you yeah, you kind of signed up for it. It is, yeah. Oh, I would never, I would never ask people to to feel bad about that. You know, you make your decisions, you decide what you want to do. Um, just for me personally, like life has just been transformed. It, it's, it, Was it, it a little too much? A little too soon? Probably, but it's almost the way it had to be. If I would have tried to drag it out over time, that probably wouldn't have worked. Well, yeah, I mean, Sarah's my age. Mm-hmm. So you well, really just don't have the... T- if you no. wanted to have children, you no. don't have the time. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's... I know that people... I, I mean, people have children later. I understand that. But, you know, the way you guys felt about it, if you wanted to have children, you just did not have the time for dilly-dallying and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that's the one thing where it's different. Like, you know, Liz and I were very young 
when we got married and we didn't we weren't together for very long when we got married um so there was a lot of still getting to know each other because we didn't live we only lived, we moved in with each other in in may and we got married in in august um so you know we had june and july and really that was a whirlwind because you're getting ready for a wedding and things like that so there's not a whole lot going on at that time that that gets you really prepared for what life is going to be. And, and, you know, I didn't, I knew you very well that for, I, I got to know you very well that first year, but I didn't really lay my stuff on you. Like I did with Falar and Kenny where <laughs> like every day, I mean, you know, I, sometimes I hear you when you, you tell me about your personal life and I, I will roll my eyes. I will, I, I shouldn't admit that to you, but I do every now and then, but I had very, I, me and Liz had very strong arguments our first year together. Our first year together was very rough. Uh, married, because, you know, I, I thought I had a way of doing things, and I thought for a man I was pretty clean and things like that, and I just, I wasn't. And so, and I also had to learn how to have an argument, and I think we've, we've talked about this before. I didn't really know how to argue with a woman um, in a lot of ways. I was That's always, some of your best advice I think you've ever given me. Well, I, I learned how to argue with, honestly, with I, if, I'm, if I'm being clear here, I think I learned how to argue uh not paying attention to the example my parents set for me. Not that it w- it got very loud and very stormy with my parents. It never you know reached a uh, terrible thing, but it got very loud and very stormy at times, and that had a profound impact on me. And uh, I had to do that, and then also, I mean, doing this and arguing with you every day and arguing with Kevin uh, before that. Um, there's. Louder is not better, and sometimes I forget about that because you'll get me, you'll get my pulse raised. And I'm naturally a loud person. Well, that's just not going to work in the house. Now with my sons because they're too young, that that's different. But yeah. with Liz, oh, yeah. I there's I'm just I haven't raised my voice um, around Liz in a very very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've actually raised my voice around Liz. Um, I I think actually what drives my wife the craziest within our arguments is me doing the Pete Davidson sketch from SNL where I'm like, okay. And she'll be really mad about something. I go, okay, okay. I'll do it right next time. Okay. And then she's assuming that I'm being flippant and there's no thought involved Mm -hmm. and that I'm just trying to avoid the argument, which I am. And that'll drive her crazy. That'll drive her. She wants an argument. Yeah. You know, we don't yell. We don't really scream. We don't get physical. Yeah. But at times, I think people want an argument because they think that's that's the way to flesh it out. That's the way to get through it. The way I go about asking a question, I there's, I, I think sometimes if she's behind on certain things in the house, she feels guilty about it. And so if I ask a question, it can't be direct, which I'm used to direct questions with you and on the air and everything else in my life. And I have to kind of ask it a different way and I have to think about it because I'm like, I'm not trying to piss her off. I am trying to get information here. Um, yeah, when me and you argue, we are trying to piss each other off sometimes. Yeah, so it's very direct, and it can and it can be confrontational at a time. <laughs> um, but there's other things that I, I just think are different with with us, with with Liz and I that um, that I've had to learn over time. I I uh, w- when you, the the only thing I think that gets me irritated, like really irritated anymore, is when my things tools, etc., aren't put back where they're supposed to be put. <laughs> and I've discussed that with you many times. Uh, that's the only thing that really gets me... And you're very orderly, so you have a system, I bet. Because I, rem- I remember things where they go. 
if they are in the same place where I always put them, then I never have to go looking for them, and I save time. Time is everything in my world. Everything is time. I don't have very much spare time, so every minute has to be accounted for. So if I'm doing a project or I'm doing something that needs to be done at the house, I must have it when I need to have it, and that means it needs to be in the place where I left it. And I don't just leave things in drawers. They all have a place. And if they don't have a place, I'll find a place for them. And that might be anal retentive, and to some level that's absolutely true, but I also think that needs to be done. And I, I, I've said that to Axel. I've told him that, and I will tell my other two sons that. If you have a place for your things, you never have to go looking for it. But if I go to my toolboxes and I can't find certain Phillips heads or certain crescent wrenches or something like that, certain little stupid things that end up going missing, I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it can be a meltdown for me in that garage. Mount Carmen. I mean a meltdown. And, and I say that that is, that is true fatherhood, is getting yelled at for your things being misplaced. Do you openly think, think about that for two seconds? Uh, do you openly think about how we all know that children, uh, they end up having these these worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey stigmas, this psychological trauma based on how they were raised, even even by well-intentioned parents, mm-hmm. okay? Even if it's the perfect nuclear family. So I cut my parents' cut my parents slack because yeah. I knew they had the best of intentions. Yeah, a- absolutely. Doesn't mean I can't bring it up in here because, you know, part of this is a radio show and I have but to... But do you, because I'm, I'm, we're only, you know, 10 and a half months into this with baby Izzy, mm-hmm. and I think about the trauma that was caused by my parents, their arguing, ultimately their divorce, all the, the, the problems with money and, and, and just legal situations. I never knew your parents split up for a oh, yeah. long time. So all of those things, I am always cognizant of that. And I know my baby's too young right now. But, you know, basically when that baby is like four years old, and, you know, if we're fortunate enough to expand the family... And we have like a, a real thing going, like a real family where there's a real ecosystem in that house, which I, I'm amazed by that I see with my friends and their kids. I'm amazed mm-hmm. that like they have a whole town 
a whole town in their house with daily drama, and then friends are coming over, and Look at every Owen. day a scramble to get out of the house for school. Yeah. Like Owen's got I, six of them, and they live in six I, different little worlds well, there. I think and, about that and, in a little Norman Rockwell way, because yeah. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. I thought I was just going to be deprived of this, and now it's going to happen. Looks like it's going to happen, and that's pretty yeah. cool. But do you think sometimes, maybe it's not a daily basis, but do you think from time to time, the way that I'm yelling at my kids or the way that I'm trying to set them straight, the way that I'm trying to get them behave, am I doing something that is going to stick with them either positively mm. and or negatively down the road where this is going to be some baggage well, that they're going to have to carry? Eventually, I look at it and I go, "It's it's part." I, that's an answer you can't give yourself now, and that's an answer I don't think you can give yourself in real time. Uh, I look back on my childhood. You know, I, I we were you and I have I said, and I've said this frequently. We are part of the last generation to be uh, physically uh, corrected by our parents. Uh, we are no. Which Eli is going through this thing. He does this publicly, and I get I get extra mad at him because I, I I'm not going to hit him. Now I I've slapped his rear end. On the way upstairs because he's yelled back at his mom or something like that. Is but that he, illegal, by the way? He will, like, grab his face. To yell and, at your mom? No, to slap him in the butt. So he, he will grab his <laughs> face and go, don't slap me. And I'm going, dude, there are, there are people around. They automatically think I hit you. Absolutely. In fact, you telling me the story makes me think exactly. he's been hit I'm on like, the face. Dude, do not do that. Where did you learn that? I have to do, all the time go, when have I ever hit you? Give me an example Give me a specific time, and then they go. I guess you have. Then he I'm pulls like, out Eli. the videotape. I'm like Eli, you got to stop saying that. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, dude, where'd it come from, though? I don't know. You I don't him, know. You I don't know about it's friend? YouTube videos. Do you, do you ever make the man? I'd really like to smack you right now for that. Any no. type of comment like that? No. Or you keep that up. It's gonna get an ass whooping. Are you allowed? I might to have say, done that once. Are you allowed to say I know people who would do it? <laughs> No, to their kids. I, usually, it's a th- if I threaten them, it's a threat of just because my childhood was no. so bizarre. I have a level that they, I okay. I have a level of darkness that I just don't think that they can attain. They can attain. I don't think they're. I don't think they're capable of it. Well, that's interesting. I do not think I. 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 I know the things that I saw when I was young. Uh, when I was Axel's age and before Axel's age, and I think that that has certainly shaped my personality. I think it helps me and hurts me in doing this. Um, but also, I, I think that there are things that I have seen from an early age on that I just know that I have a gear that they they do not have. And that is partly because of how they're being raised as opposed to how I was raised. I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. I'm not one of those people who, you know, I, I'm not dark like that. But I just think I've I've lived through a system of darkness before that they haven't. Because mm-hmm. I say that like my parents were not perfect. I said there were some very stormy, ugly, really ugly arguments. Uh, but at the same time, I look back when I was corrected and physically even. I don't think I don't blame my dad for any of it. There was one time. I guess there's one time where I think he might have had a tight strike zone, and that's when my mom said I was getting a little chubby, and I. Just immediately, without even thinking, called her fat. I mean, really quickly. <laughs> it was like a, immediately a, a shot back, and he got very angry. And that's where I told you he punched me in the shoulder a bunch of times. But I never. Like Steve Amy Yeah. 
Because I because he told me I went to the which, ground, which hurt more. I went to the ground, and he said, "Don't ever say that about my wife." And that's where you know you've crossed a line because yeah. he didn't say your he mother; say he your said mom. his wife. And that's a difference. That's when I'm no longer mm-hmm. as to that moment. I'm not his son. I'm just some idiot who said something yeah. nasty about his wife. And so that's a challenge to him. But I look back at all the uh, at all the moments, and even including that one, I don't think I ever was corrected at a time I didn't have it coming. I don't find my dad abusive. I didn't think he was abusive then. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he rode my ass a little too much at, at the time. Every now and then, um, but then I told you when I, when I became about, I want to say thirteen years old. And and remember, I I did some some rough things when I was thirteen years old. And uh, when I was thirteen, uh, he just told me he goes, "If you ever get in trouble, like mm-hmm. that's it. So you can have all the fun you want, but." Like, if that's it, this thing is going to be – I didn't know the reference at the time, but he's like, this is going to be Guantanamo Bay. So you was, better just make good decisions. I was threatened with boarding school. Hey, real quick. As if my parents had the money for boarding school. We've seen your concerns. If you're live streaming, they are working on that stuff right now. Okay. Well, we still have recording. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Are we having stru- troubles getting streaming? No, it's just your – some people are hearing some other stuff that they don't particularly want to hear right now. So I'll tell you about it after the show. It's nothing bad. Oh, you know, okay. You know, when you think about it, there were, I mean, forever up until this generation, you had Neanderthal rearing of children. You you did not talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. There was absolutely corporal punishment. Uh, there there was real abuse. Yeah, and we didn't have our radars up on it. It's not. I'm not going to blame every generation before us for the mistakes that were made. Every generation has their things, and we'll make mistakes too. So I hope I'm not blamed for everything, you know, 100 years from well, now. I, All I'm saying is that uh, this was the way the families were raised. They never talked about feelings. They never talked about, you know, seeing somebody for your trauma. None of that. None of that was a thing that was ever generally accepted, except in maybe certain areas of the country. Yeah. It wasn't where I lived that you didn't talk about. Well, the stuff that was that was causing a stigma to you. But I actually liked it. I, you know, I look back on it and I actually liked it before because it was it was just simple. It was this is it. Don't do it again. And this is the punishment you have to pay it. It was corporal punishment. Whereas now I have to play this this mental warfare with my sons and threaten to take things away and actually go through with it and take things away and have to go through this long process. Yes, uh, we. I've used the honesty as the best policy method, and it seemed to work for most of them. There are ages where the kids go through, um, you know, they think they're outsmarting me type of things, but it's pretty easy to figure out their little tactics, right? Because they're little kids. But uh, generally, like, my kids can burn down the house, and if they come and go, Dad, I was playing with matches, and I accidentally burned down the house, I'd be like, all right, well, you told me, so. Well, I say, you, you put in that new tile, you put in the flooring, yeah. the, come on. Uh, the kitchen's going to, gonna, eh, we got insurance for it you're all. You're going to be a little fine. upset. We've got all that insurance. But, like, just an example, the other day, Toby, he's the youngest, he's nine. I come home, and he spent a couple, spent a little too much time downstairs, uh, near the downstairs bathroom. And he was sneaking Cheez-Its from a <laughs> Ziploc bag. And uh, to get rid of the evidence, which was the Ziploc bag that was left over from a pool day, uh, he tried to flush the Ziploc bag in the toilet. How did that go for him? And Ooh. it did not work. It had air in it still. He's not. He was not bright. He's like Karen he didn't do the Goodfellas. science stuff yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. So 
He um, hey, the cheese that's recovering something else. the cheese that's we had, Karen. So, so I pull it out and I go, dude. Um, what is he? What's going on with this? Not your son. I'm looking at yeah, Lima's no, phone. An I'm sorry. Too. Yeah, and uh, not your son. The idiot calling on. Well, we'll we'll have words about it after the show. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> and he um, he he denied, denied, denied. I go, look, just stop denying. Just tell. It's time to fess up. Finally, he goes, yeah, I just didn't want to get in trouble for eating the cheeses. So we had a game that night. So after the game, we uh, we did some foul poles. That's, That's right. Oh, That's right. You told me that. I, I do. Thought, I thought we you do. were going to have him eat more cheeses. Yes. <laughs> so he puked. We had all the flavors. Hey, we're going to get ice cream. You're going to eat them with Cheez-Its on top. I had I had one moment where I threatened somebody. Cotton candy? Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. Um, because I will say this, man, like, I don't eh, I don't know if that's a good example. I don't know. The I Lima and me, our generation, and Owen, I, I haven't known you as long as I've known Lima, obviously. You were in the armed forces, you in and you grew up in Oklahoma, so I'm assuming you're of the same time. Lima and I have been hit I've been punched in the mouth more times than most people have had dinner. Uh Lima's <laughs> the same way. And I go, man, like once you're just not afraid to be socked in the face, there's a totally different way of looking at life. And, and like, being kind of being knocked out, which I have been before, like, that sucks. And, like, running your mouth and getting hit for it, that sucks too. And learning how to take that and, and humbling yourself. And I, I do think that it, it's kind of like, what am I going to do when he is, if my son is 5'10 and a, you know, he's got, He's he's grown. You know, he's 16 years old, and he he has the same type of temperament that I did at the time, and things like that. Like, there's only so much I can do. I mean, I can't prevent him from being like he's a good boy, and he doesn't want to do anything bad now. But I'm like, how long is uh, you know? It's natural that you're going to want to rebel. It's only the natural thing for a it's, human boy Kenny, to it do. It scares me every time I see an alert or whatever about a runaway kid, and I'm like, man, when that kid was born. I'm sure the parents did everything they could to give that kid love, mm-hmm. and then there were challenges along the way, and then there were good moments, great moments. Hey, we're going to Cedar Point. We're getting our pictures taken. This is awesome. Put it in the scrapbook, and then at 16, 17, they're running away. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think about that. Now that I actually have a child, I think about that every day, and I'm like, man, there, there's no way to perfect this. There's no way to guarantee the outcome. Well, I got three. I said one of them's bound to be a goof. <laughs> I mean, one of them's bound to be someone hey, you're playing the odds. that I have to deal with it in a, you know what I mean, in a not wholesome basis. Like I gotta, I gotta deal with this and go, what happened here? And I gotta, you know, I gotta figure that out. So I can't keep my thumb on it all the time. And I try to. I mean, as of right now, it's trying to instill. Basically, my foot is up their ass every moment of the day. I'm home. To when I'm when I don't have to be, most of the time I only yell when Liz has to yell because then I get so I get so mad when she has to get upset. There's also positive reinforcement too. Yeah, there is. Does more of that come from Liz? Um, as far as what? No, I'm not. I don't try to be negative. Okay. I just try to tell them the truth about things. And there's, I, it, the, well, we talked about it today, like um, staying home from school. Like I said, God, kids have so many days off from school. There, there's. But I remember I told you my mom had how many different jobs when I was a kid. And my dad had the same job. We wouldn't have been able to eat if my dad didn't have the same job for 42 years. 
And my dad worked a job he didn't like for a long time with, you know, he was paid decent and had a good and had a pension on it just because he knew that if he didn't have it, we were going to be really bad off because my mom couldn't keep a job. She always found something. It was something to do. And she didn't like going to work. And so when I would say I wanted to stay home, she would be fine with it. My dad would get really pissed. And now we have such a thing as FaceTime where Liz will call me up and I will go get your, and I, and that's where I'm, I'm my dad. I'm my dad. Like we had that moment a couple weeks ago, or like a couple months ago. He actually, my oldest got actually sick and he was legitimately sick. And because at first Liz goes, he's sick. And I go, he's going to school. And she goes, he just threw up in the bathroom. I go, he really threw up? She goes, yeah. And I go, okay, he can stay home if he actually did throw up. Because he, there he will not make himself throw up. They are deathly mm-hmm. afraid of that. That is, When you're that age, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. And then he was sick. And he was sick for a few days. And then I got to like Thursday. And I found out he didn't go to school. And I go, you're going to school tomorrow. You're better. You're going to school. And Friday came around, and Liz had to FaceTime me, and this is when you and I were. It was it was probably February or March. I remember this. And I went out during a break, and I said, "You have a long weekend. I will make sure you stay in your room the entire weekend if you don't get dressed and take your ass to school right now." And then I hung up the phone. That's all that needed to be said. Because I I just can't I can't handle that. I just cannot handle it. But there's other things. I mean, there's it, it, part of it's. I don't know. It's it's definitely in my head. It's definitely um, my history. It's definitely hold it, trying to hold them to a higher standard than what I was even held to. And, and then eventually, I don't know when that age is going to be, trying to find the line to not be overbearing to make them run away. Because I, I know I'm holding on tight right now, and I have to figure out when to loosen the reins. And I, I'm trying to figure out when that time is going to be and when to do it and when to pull back now. Um, like with their bikes, he's allowed to ride his bike out in the street and there we live in a circle so you know him and his buddies kind of out there and i kind of experiment with not being out there sitting in the driveway mm-hmm. watching them all the time you getting better uh yeah i i i let them do a lot of that stuff now liz is more hey you need to be out there and watch them i go well there's i can't do this all the time so i'm i'm there's things because I, this is gonna be maybe maybe it's not this summer but like next i don't summer, know what i would do with a girl next summer they're gone for eight hours yeah <laughs> they're just gone yeah so I don't know what it, I you know I don't know how that's that's all going to work. You know Liz Liz is full on wanting me to tell him about birds and bees mm. and things like that. I I still think he's too young. Um, you know we didn't have that discussion in school until we were in fourth grade. We were fifth grade. Yeah, we yeah, were in fourth grade. grade when we started that. No one told me. Well, you're from Oklahoma. Well, that would have been a great way to end it, wouldn't it have been? <laughs> It's true. No one told me. You figured it out. You got six kids. I don't think I figured it out until after that. After the fourth, still kid, figured it out. Figured it out. Still figured it out. Um, there's, there's that. I, at some point, I'm gonna have to tell him about my past and how, because uh, some of that stuff, I, I, th- I still think some of that stuff's based on luck. Because I could sit there and go, oh, he's my son. He'll never mess up. And my dad would be like, oh, he's my son. He would never mess up. I'm like, yeah, I remember one birthday I was – I'm going to admit this on I wanna admit this on the podcast. I might, not, I might not have said this on the podcast. What honestly made me straighten up, I came home one day. I was stoned to the bejesus. And I was looking for 
I don't know why, but I was looking for money to go down and beg a buy, buy, a, buy a bag of chips. And I mean, lime, I was as high as a kite. And I'm going, I'm looking, I'm going, I bet there's money in them birthday cards I got. And I'm looking through the birthday cards and I found a $50 bill for my grandparents. And then I read what they had wrote and I go, I am way too young to be this damn stoned. That's what I swear to you. <laughs> that's what changed it. I go, I can't be doing this. I can't be doing this. I'm going to end up, I'm going to be an F up. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I mean, my dad, I mean, my parents were, they tried, they tried as hard as they could. And I was still, there were people around me that still were not great influences. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff I feel is maybe the luck of the draw. Some of it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes it's the company you keep. You know, it's it's very interesting. You try as hard as you can. I, You know, sometimes I'm like, people, I blame the mother and the father. I don't know if I always blame the mother and the father. You know, sometimes people slip through the cracks. It's hard. And and it's hard to give up on people. You don't give up on your kids, and I wouldn't want my parents to give up on me. It was hard, man. So, so you had $50, and Owen's kid is sitting there going, imagine the amount of Cheez-Its that could have been purchased. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 